We can never have nothing good. We always got to mess up everything. We got to make everything ghetto. And it's like, as soon as they do something stupid enough to squib kick us the ball, we going to hold. Like, yeah. why? Why? Like, we, we barely, like, we still in this game. At least can we keep it competitive? And sure enough, what do you guys do? You hold. We actually mm-hmm. about to have really good field position, and now we don't. We are at the 12-yard line. It's the Falcons falconing as usual. And it is unfortunate that these guys are falconing right now because I drank yesterday, so I can't even really get re-drunk to, to handle this. So I just got to sit here in sobriety and be unhappy about it. Well, that's your fault because I'm drinking right now. <laughs> every, I'm drinking for every time they mess up, and I'm on beer number 1,000. Oh, boy. I had, I had my fair <laughs> share of stress beers yesterday dealing with the Gators. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 24 of the Splash Cast. I'm your co-host, Reggie. I am your disgruntled co-host, Norwood. That boy's voice is gone. He has been upset for the last 24 hours. Okay. Emotional breakdown. <laughs> Let's get it to it. Let's get it to it. This is part one, the Atlanta edition, where we talk about the Braves, Falcons, Hawks, and we highlight some HBCU news as well. First, we're going to start out with the Braves, man. Uh, So, as you know, we really don't care about baseball when it's in the summertime because it's basketball time during that time. But now we've gotten to October. It is now when baseball season turns up. We normally don't root against the Braves. Well, we don't root against the Braves, but we normally don't highlight them because we want the juju to stay with the Braves and we want them to win. The Hawks right. had all the juju in the summer, and then after their season ended, we were going to move it right on over to the Braves, let them run for a little bit. And I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think that we should use any juju on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I don't even want our juju around the Atlanta Falcons because they don't know how to have nice things. Uh, so <laughs> so let's just keep the, the juju where it can be you know, used correctly, and that's with the Atlanta Braves uh, as the Falcons – just seem to be that one guy who loves to get stomped out in the club every weekend. Because the Falcons suck, we thought that the Braves were going to keep the juju rolling over from the Hawks. 
and they were actually doing well. We were we were terrible at the beginning of the season, and then we ended up righting the ship and got back in first place in the NL East. We were up by like five or six games. Well, I don't know what has happened recently, but the Braves have been losing and losing in bunches. I just said we were up by five games going into the final seat, final month of the regular season. And now we are down to a one game lead and we have lost five in a row and we've lost seven out of the last nine games. And we've lost every possible way there is to lose. We score runs, we lose. We don't score runs, we lose. We get the lead, we lose. We get lose. We, (laughs) we, we, uh, start out behind and then come back only to blow it like we have lost so much and all the bats have gone quiet and it's it's humbling because we was we were riding on high we was like all right well we we might you know we ain't one of the top teams but we could definitely be the best in the nl east and and make it difficult on on the team in the playoffs and now we're like y'all still got a clean number okay can can we get him back um I mean, it's not even, it's like frustrating to watch. I mean, so we did have a tough schedule at the end of October and the beginning of September. We always said September was going to be tough. We we started September off with the Dodgers. We got swept by the Dodgers. But then we played the Rockies. The Rockies are where we were supposed to gain headway. And we didn't. We We ended up up, uh, splitting the series with them. That's a loss. To a team that's in first place. Correct. When you split, you lose the series. Yes. We then played the Nationals and we won two out of the three against the Nationals. And then we won two out of three against the Expos. Then we won two out of three against the Marlins. Then we come right back to Colorado and get swept. And then we get beat by the Giants. Them boys need to stay out of them dispensaries, clearly. Man, listen, man, they done put some stuff. In our Gatorade, they didn't infuse some Gatorade out there. So the Braves are just, they are, they are losing it, man. So our next five to six games, we go on this West Coast trip where we play the Diamonds, Diamondbacks in Arizona, the Padres in San Diego, and we finish up with the Giants. Man, we and then we come home against the Phillies. We need to finish strong because we got to finish, beat the Phillies. We got to beat the Phillies. You think we're going to do it? We need to get back home. We need to get back to somewhere where we're comfortable playing and see what we can do. Because right now, this this trip that we're on is is kicking our ass. Kicking our ass. Well, we, let's so, not yeah, let's not belabor this too much. These guys are gonna turn it around. We're gonna get back on the up and up and we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, man. We gotta finish the month off strong because we finished our last six games against division opponents. So if we can win those games and win those last two series, I feel like we'll win the division because we don't want to have to go to the wild card and play against either the Dodgers or the Brewers. That's just, we don't want to do that. Not at all. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, our baseball segment is always quick, easy, and to the point. So that's what she said. (laughs) I I threw that alley up there. I was D-Wade, you was LeBron. I was go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Norwood, if you don't have anything else, man, let's get into some football. I'm out of here.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to part one of episode 24 of the Splash Cast. We're now going to get into our Falcon segment. Uh, we got a couple topics we're going to talk about. Norwood, you wanted to say no, something? No, 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 no. Even before we get into this, I'm going to take a moment. And when we're right, we make sure we let everybody know that we're very right on this podcast. If I can do that when I'm wrong, I'm going to stand up and say I was wrong. The Atlanta Falcons... They embarrassed me in ways that I have not felt since I was probably in middle school. Um, mm, mm, mm. I don't know if I've seen a team play worse at the game of football in a very long time. Uh, we look undermanned. We look overmatched. And and to believe that we were going to win this game to get monkey stomped 32 to 6 and the Eagles put both of their feet in our ass. I apologize. I was wrong. I didn't see this coming. Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. And I don't know how I'm going to make it through 16 more games. I don't know why this season they will add one more game. Just another week to watch me struggle and have emotional breakdown. So I just wanted to apologize to the Eagles fans. I talked a lot of shit and we looked like it. Man, like, just leave it to the Falcons to take eight to 10 weeks of offseason optimism and just throw it away in flush it, one flush half. It down the toilet. So <laughs> as, as soon as they got on the field, it's like, oh, this is not oh, what I thought. We went right down the field. I was like, all right, we look pretty good. Field goal. I was like, all right, I'm be optimistic. I'm be optimistic. Went right down the field again. Field goal. Then it was sack, sack, sack. I was like, up. Oh. And here we go. We had literally one good drive, and then it was like, hey, that was our preseason game right there. Everybody off the field. No, you got to play the rest of the game, fam. Um, the Eagles figured out that our guard was a rookie, or they realized our guard. I don't know what they decided to figure out after the first two drives because Jalen Mayfield got demolished. Our left guard, we've had a bad left guard. It's kind of like the Hawks with the backup point guard. We've had a bad left guard for the last four, five years. Really, if you want, hey, we Hawks fans, so we could be we could be historical for a minute. We had a bad left guard since Harvey Dahl. We have not had a good left guard since Max. Harvey Dahl Big and Max. Andy. The only time we had a decent one, we went to the Super Bowl with Andy LeBeecher. Since then, we've had Peter Cones, trash, and we've had a whole bunch of other people that are trash. Basuda, Basuda. and the Eagles realize that they have a really good defensive court, defensive line. And they threw that boy around like a rag doll and smacked the Falcons around in the trenches like they were some illegitimate children. And, and somehow we made Jalen Hurst look like a world beater. World beater. He was 23, 27 to 35 for 300, 264 yards and three touchdowns. He looked like Oklahoma and Alabama Jalen Hurst. And I'm like, hey, fam, this is a pro team, and you're not supposed to be that good. Right. Name some of their receivers. Name any of their receivers. Who? What receivers do they have? I got one, Devontae Smith, and that yeah. was hard. That was hard for me to watch. They do have Zach cool. Ertz, but he really played that great. It was just. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why this hurt. Let me tell you why I hurt watching Devontae Smith score. Devontae Smith scored his first NFL touchdown and his first collegiate touchdown in the exact same spot from the exact same QB one, won the game against the Georgia Bulldogs in the national championship. 
The other broke the game open against the Falcons. Both of my teams. And, and, and to add insult to injury, we want, I'm just going to throw this in there. We ain't got to go to it. He was committed to play for UGA. And then we fired Mark Rick, which I'm not upset about. But, you know. Hey, you know that that's my favorite player for your team, Mark Rick. <laughs> Bring that guy back. Um, <laughs> head coach emeritus, as far as I'm concerned. There's, I used to root for him because I knew he would always win me a game. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I'm glad that I don't have to struggle with you on all, all these. Uh, so, yeah, Devontae <laughs> Smith. It would be tough for me to watch all of that if I was you. But, I mean, you're a Georgia fan. You haven't won a championship since 1980. I'm sure that by now, you're not, uh, not, not nothing bothers you at this point. Talk your shit. We're going to get into the uh, Bama, Florida game soon. Talk your shit. Go ahead. Help me, Lord. Help me. <laughs> Because I'm waiting. I got I got a Man, script written for that one. Eat me near the cross. <laughs> um, but yeah, t- but Norwood, tell me, man, what do you man? I don't know what the fuck to tell me, man. Like the, <laughs> okay, the Eagles just kicked our ass, dog. Like they kicked our ass at every phase of the game. Yeah, they, and I just knew that they weren't going to, and I, I mean I talk cash trash. Who's gonna score on their team? Apparently everybody. Um, say it's recorded. It's recorded. And I, and I'm like, no, he's not gonna be able to pass the ball. They're not gonna be able to score. We're gonna score 21 points, and they'll be lucky to score 10. Wrong, wrong on all accounts. I cannot remember a time that I've been this wrong in a very long time. I would assume it's probably like a high school chemistry test, maybe something that I just embarrassingly, embarrassingly didn't know anything about. This is how bad I was on the Eagles. Um, and how bad the Falcons. I mean, we look bad, bad. Like, Arthur Smith looked like he didn't know or have anybody prepared. It's like he thought he was still in summer camp. Like, he ain't look like they rehearsed any plays. And what does that say? This is why you play in the preseason. This is why you don't not play your players in the preseason. You can't simulate game speed in practice. You can't and do we- it. And we said that. We said, hey, maybe he's playing it safe. He wants to keep everybody healthy. We'll see if this will pay off. So far, the investment is not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a credit and a debit, boy. <laughs> I got a check-ins and a savings. Yes. Pay, pay, pay what you owe. And we owe a lot, boy. We look like that. That offense looked like a Will Muschamp offense. Man, that, I mean. And and all the players that we thought were going to be great, like Calvin Ridley got locked up. And I will say, now I'm not going to – I do got to give credit to the Eagles because the Eagles' defense is better than I thought. I forgot they got Darius Correct. Slay. I Correct. forgot they got – and that made them a lot better. And But I, I thought their weakness was the linebackers, and we didn't attack them at all. But we couldn't because our offensive line was so bad. Embarrassingly like, bad. And everybody was like, oh, Matt Ryan was so bad. Matt Ryan only passed for 164 yards. I said Matt Ryan was on the ground more <laughs> than he was. He could. There was like he holds the ball to. I said, where he gonna throw the ball? It's- yes, number one, there's nobody to throw the ball to, and every time that he completed a long pass, somebody will hold it. There will be pass interference, so they just bring it back. His stats look bad, but they they weren't that bad. He had multiple big completions called back for either holding or just stupid penalties and, and- drops. Oh. Like we're like not, we're like not the hot. biggest. 
we're not the big, <laughs> drop it like that. We're not the biggest Matt Ryan fan. I am. You are. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't dislike him. I don't like. Him. But but y'all can't. The thing about Atlanta Falcons fans is we blame Matt Ryan for everything because we're a black city at at its core, and we like Julio Jones. I mean, um, Michael Vick. But Matt Ryan ain't to blame for this loss. This is no. all on the offensive line. And it's so messed up because Matt Ryan's the best quarterback in Falcons history. Easily. Easily. And, and and nobody likes him except for me. I'm the only guy who's like, well, this is have you seen anybody else we've ever had? Minus Michael Vick and that whole situation is what it is. But outside of that, nothing is even close to this. Chris Chandler, Billy Joe Tolliver, Steve Bartkowski, Jeff George. Jeff. George. <laughs> and not good Jeff George, just Jeff he, he George. Might been, he might have been George Jeff by then. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Man, yeah, there's so many bad quarterbacks. Oh, did we have Matt Schaub there for a little bit too? We OTR. had Matt Schaub after uh after the Michael Vick thing. Matt Schaub was in between Michael Vick and uh Man. Matt Ryan. Yeah, so we have had no good quarterback and we don't appreciate it, but we also don't have a good offensive line. And it is horrible. And can right you now, imagine? Can you imagine the Atlanta Falcons not having a good offensive line? Like again, again. again. How, how, how my entire life have the Falcons' offensive line basically been bad? Like you ain't never good for two years. The Falcons' offensive line was good for three years. The times, we went, the the times we went to the Super Bowl, and one time we went to the NFC Championship game. Against other the 49ers. Than, other than that, every year we just have a trash offensive line um, and expect the quarterback to just make it happen. And then we also don't draft good quarterbacks. So it's like, oh, well, this guy's clearly not capable of doing anything. And then there's nobody to protect the dude who's not capable. So, uh, man. And right now, uh, moving on, man, right now we're actually watching the Falcons Bucks game as we're podcasting. And Tom the Troll, who released a tweet at 328 talking about let's get ready for the Falcons. Like I said uh, in the group, I was like, yo, I really don't want to like Tom Brady, but he's a likable person outside of New England. Like it really might be New England's fault that Tom Brady was the most unlikable person. Nope. And then uh-uh, he does some uh-uh. shit. Uh-uh. But- it's, it's not New England. It's Bill Belichick. Let, let's put the... <laughs> The owner squarely on the guy who ran two of your greatest players off and sent them to Florida to win a championship. Bill Belichick. Yeah, it is Bill Belichick's fault. And um, like I said before, since Brady has gone to Tampa Bay, he's actually been funny. He's got a lot of commercials where he's funny. He does. He's getting drunk at Super Bowl at Super Bowl parties and throwing the Super Bowl trophy on a yacht. Like, he's doing a whole lot of funny, funny stuff. He's the guy who was sheltered in college. And then once you get to college, you don't have anybody telling you what to do. And now he's like, I'm having fun every day. Everything yep. is fun to me. So I don't I don't want to like him. But I was like, Tom Brady's a likable dude. He's pretty funny. I might actually start to like Tom Brady. And then this, uh, let's see, we're going to go ahead and bleep this out. This here going to release a tweet at 328 talking about get ready to play for the Falcons. You and everything you stand for, you are right back on the shit list. I hope you break your ankle, tear your ACL, tear your Achilles. I hope your leg fall off and walk away from you. At the end of the day, I hate you so much. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. 
Now I'm, we back to it. The world is okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a touchdown Tom fan, and I like the snarky joke. So I, I, it's unfortunate that it has to be the running joke with us, but it's it's good comedy. It just sucks that we have to be the butt of the joke, and you still want to laugh. Man, kiss my ass, Tom Brady. So <laughs> that's a trailer. <laughs> uh, you make that a trailer. So the Falcons right now are playing the Bucks, and it is currently twenty one seven. And they are, the refs are trying to help us out. But we're going to lose this game, too. We knew we were going to lose this game. So at this point, we're going to be 0-2. Everybody knew we was going to lose this game. <laughs> Referees, concession people, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers' wives, the Buccaneers' kids, <laughs> the teachers at the Buccaneers' kids' school. Oh, yeah, your, yeah. your dad going to have an easy weekend this week. Trust me, they're playing the Falcons. So let me ask you this. We definitely predicted that the Falcons were going to beat the Eagles. That was wrong. We predicted that we we're going to lose to the Bucks. That looks like it's going to be right. We predicted that we was going to beat the Giants, the Washington football team, and the Oh, Jets. let me let me go. Are ahead and you still confident in those wins? Time out. 30 seconds for the home team. Let me tell you right now, all of those things have to be readjusted. After <laughs> what I saw. <laughs> We might struggle against damn little giants, man. <laughs> yeah, they'll run the, the annexation of Puerto Rico on us, man. Like, I don't know. No, no, no. Let no, me no, ask no. you this. Over, under, wins for the season. Nine wins. Over, under. Under, under, <laughs> under. Let me tell you. Un, down, under. Like Australia. <laughs> man, period. <laughs> I have. They embarrassed me so bad last week that. I didn't really want to be bothered with nobody because I was like, bro, I'm I'm over here talking about, man, Matt Ryan is good. He looked extra regular. We going to score. They not. Man, well, and, and the Eagles fans and we got, you know, we got Eagles fans that are uh, our friends. One is from Jersey and he's an Eagles fan. Funny story. Now that I think about it, the two Eagles fans in our groups are from states that don't have football teams. That's the reason I think it's allowable. Fair, I mean, fair. If you don't, have, if you don't have a team in your state, then yeah, you do kind of get to pick. And I mean, it is the Eagles; they got a championship, but that ain't really the best. That ain't the easiest pick. Like, that yeah, I mean, it's not like they pick like you know when oh, we were young. The forty nine. It's not like the Cowboys fan or forty nine ers fan. No, it's not like the people who are Patriots fans. Hmm. That are from California that used to be Raiders fans. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Boy, that's going to get a text. <laughs> don't care. Text, call, whatever. I, just, I said it to your face. Mm. It is what it is. Mm. But, but shout out. But while we're going to end this segment with uh, the Falcons. I do want to shout out our offensive juggernaut. We did a trailer on him last week. And he looks like he's going to be the offensive juggernaut this week. And if you are a fantasy football player, if you know that the, you know the Falcons don't score touchdowns, so oh. you need to go ahead and get Young Way Coop. Young Way, Young Way got the blessing from Vic to wear number seven and everything. That is going to be our offensive juggernaut again this year, and it is fitting that he's number seven because that's that's where we will be back backing again for our offense is number seven. <laughs> he may he may not look like Michael Vick, but. He's going to be the guy who gets us there every week. Every 
week. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our Falcon segment. Uh, Norwood, if you got, if you don't have anything else, let's get to some Hawks news. The Hawks are still willing and dealing. Yeah, and I mean, before we get out of here, at least Kyle Pitts is looking like he's worth the money so far. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's, that's true. You're and right, like a big you're catch, right. big catch. Yeah, he looks. He Kyle Pitts looks as good as advertised. Um, thank you, somebody, for not making me look like I don't know anything, boy. <laughs> well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into some Hawks basketball. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, ready to dive into some Hawks news as we continue part one of episode 24 of the Splash Cast. Norwood, the Hawks seem to be filling in the holes on our roster very well. You know, we already signed a backup point guard. We already uh, traded away the dead weight on our team. We already added front court help with versatility. Now it seems like we have we drafted very well. I'm sorry, I don't want to jump ahead. We drafted very well. We drafted a young backup point guard, and we drafted a, a high flying, high potential, high ceiling, low, high ceiling player in Jalen Johnson. Correct. Now it seems like we have one more. Oh, and I keep forgetting. And we went ahead and signed uh, a, a rough and rugged player in Skylar Mays. Uh, we brought him back on a two-way deal which i love yes great great play great great play by travis link now we have one more spot left and it seems like we are signing a whole lot of veterans to non-guaranteed contracts and y'all are camp bodies who are trying out for the last spot 100 and one of you guys will make it and then one of you guys gonna get cut so somebody here you got to do what you got to do. I think that the Cabaret pick was the good pick, especially because we don't like just Cam, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, their knees, ankles, et cetera, not being at 100%, not knowing what, what their rehab, et cetera, is going to look like. Having that mm-hmm. insurance policy is, is that backfield Cabaret, who's a mm-hmm. true, legit NBA player. I think it's an excellent pick. Uh, Okafor, I think, is a risk. that it, It's an educated risk. And it's not something that we have to have because we got Gorgie, we got uh, John Collins, we got Gallo, we got Capella, Capella, we Jaylen got so Johnson. yeah, we got so many I mean, guys. It's like we can take this flyer on this guy if, if it works, then it's great. We're going to be the first, you know, first team to actually get something out of him. If not, then cut him like everybody else did. Yeah, we 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 have a lot of uh, really good front court pieces and. Just we got to get healthy. Um, Jaleel Okafor signing is interesting, though, because uh, there's so many rumors about are the Hawks going to make a move? Are we going to make a trade? Right. So we are, like you said, we already have Gallo. We already have young boy out of USC. We already have Jalen Johnson. So that, it's interesting that we signed Jaleel Okafor. Um, but, I mean, we sign them all the non-guaranteed contracts. So we basically are having a glorified tryout. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is this is the equivalent of practice squad players. Yes, but also these are assets. Somebody's going to get hurt eventually for other teams too, and they're going to need a guy. 
And if we can trade one of our guys for a pick maybe and mm-hmm. then backfield with that or trade you one of our lower players and get like a second-round pick back, you know, Schlink loves the pick because he'll flip them. So yep. willing and dealing. Especially and because Okafor, uh, I mean, I'm Okafor, Onyeko Okungwu, sorry. Onyeko Okungwu is out until January. I think that, I think that um, Travis Slink and Nate Robin, Nate Robinson, Travis Slink and Nate McMillan view that as more of a hit to our team than people think uh, because he was supposed to be our backup five. And because his defensive prowess really started to shine as he got his his footing. Um, but my thing is, I to me, it's not that big of a deal because if you look, he didn't play that many minutes in the regular season. He would be a great addition to have, but he don't got to play right now. And, and whatever minutes he doesn't play right now, Gorgie can get some of the minutes. Jalen Johnson can get some of the minutes. And it's not going to be the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination to me. But I just like that our team is at a point where we're like, hey, let's just get as many good players as we can get on this team and then figure out how to make them work. Because you guys didn't know that everybody else didn't know that Clint Capella and John Collins was going to work but us. But they see now, hey, let's just get the guys on the floor. It might not be a perfect fit, but a pretty good fit is going to have you better than everybody minus the Nets. Yeah, I I mean – Minus the Nets, I think we're competitive with all the rest of the teams. I think we're competitive with the Nets. I mean, we have our young core locked in, and we're filling in the holes on the roster with veterans, which is what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do, and I I love it. I love it. But um, we also – they also interviewed – oh, and speaking of Cabarro, because we only talked about Jill Okafor, we did sign Cabarro uh, from the Nets – who was a French player who was a good three and D wing talked about him before. So one of those two players are going to make the, make the roster. There was an interesting article that came out with uh bogey Bogdan Bogdanovich, where he says the Hawks still feel like they're being slighted and disrespected. Everybody thinks that uh, this last season was, was good due to all of the outside circumstances and that we're not as good as people think. The funny thing is we weren't as good as we should have been. That's the funny thing. That's the funny thing to me. Y'all are saying, and you, when I say y'all, it's all the people that are non-believers. Saying, no, it's oh, y'all. It's, it's y'all. It's the rest <laughs> of the world. Just like when I told y'all I was better than the Celtics last year, y'all was like, no, there's no way y'all going to be better than the Celtics. I was like, well, look at the entire team. So, yes, I, I, Reggie may not be speaking to y'all. I was speaking directly to y'all with a Y. <laughs> Apostrophe. Why apostrophe all? Yes. All, y'all. But, you know, I still believe we're getting disrespected. I mean, they got us as, like, the sixth best team in the East. We were just in the Eastern Conference Finals, but we're not going to belabor that point because we talk about it all the time. It's one more month to basketball. One more month until y'all got to put up or shut up. One more month until we're going to either be right or we're going to be wrong. And I'm going to let you know, if we write, y'all will never hear the end of it. Never, never, never. <laughs> and, and let's be real. I, we was right last season, and and it worked out exactly how we thought we were. I didn't know that we was going to be quite that good, but I definitely knew we was better than all of y'all mid. <laughs> yeah, and y'all are talking about we're top-tier mid. All right, bet. We're going to see. 
We're going to see. And when we get a top three seed in the East, y'all going to be sick. Boy, y'all going to be, this podcast is going to become un, insufferable at that point. <laughs> You're going to be like, God, all these dudes do is talk about how good the Hawks are. Well, we don't have anything else to talk about because the Braves are sinking fast and the Falcons are falconing like they falcon. Falcons are a submarine. They ain't never coming above water again, boy. We just, <laughs> golly. But, I mean, you know, it is the offseason with the Hawks, so we don't, that's that's really all we got to talk about, man. They, they signing depth they're making all of the right moves to me they're making all of the right moves to me so with that being said man you got anything else you want to say no i just it just it's, it blows my mind every time that we it looks like we have competent people in leadership and as yeah a guy whose teams typically don't this is a foreign feeling to me <laughs> I understand, man. I understand. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into our favorite segment of the entire podcast. It is going to be the HBCU news around the culture. Hell yes. You take me. Welcome back to our favorite segment of episode 24, part one of the Splash Cast, the HBCU News Around the Culture segment. Got a few things we want to talk about. Uh, we want to, of course, when it comes to HBCU news, and when it comes to football right now, it is being dominated by one man and one man only. Dion Primetime Sanders. Not because of how good of a coaching job he's doing, which he is doing a good coaching job, but Dion is speaking his mind. Last week, there was the classic between Jackson State and Tennessee State, uh, where they were they played in Memphis. And after a, I wouldn't say a bad showing against FAMU in the opener. I would just say kind of like a subpar showing against FAMU against the in the opener. Jackson State came up here against Tennessee State and had a day. Shador Sanders was balling. He went 30 of 40 for 362 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, the leading rusher, uh, Mr. Pickett, went, had 11 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. And Shador was named uh, HBCU Black College Football Player of the Week, SWAT Player of the Week. He got all the accolades. Did you watch that game or did you at least see the highlights? I did see the highlights. Number one, congrats to winning the game. Congrats to picking ass. And shout out to Dion doing this. And like he's coaching a team, he's promoting a team. His son balled out, killing it on, on every corner right now. Um and and shout out to Eddie George of Tennessee State. It's his first year, and he didn't get to inherit a whole lot of people and a whole lot of uh recruits like Dion did. Dion's defense. And Jackson State's defense is made up of a whole lot of D1 transfers, and they look like they got their footing against Tennessee State. They were creating havoc the whole game. And if, pardon me if I'm wrong, I don't remember. I don't think Eddie coached at all before this. So nope. going from like no coaching experience to Dion, who has been running, you has been coaching at the high school level for at least the last four or five years. Um, this is the programs are just in two different spaces. But 
uh, you know, high tide raises all ships. And what Dion is doing right now is putting everybody on the national scene, giving HBCUs an opportunity to be seen, to be heard, and for us to have some influence to clean up some things within the HBCU football culture. So I, I think he's doing an excellent job. We He's better. He's great for college football, and he's trying to be the GOAT of HBCU college football. Yep. Yeah, one thing that he's very, very outspoken about right now is um, he hates money games. So all of the smaller schools play games, which we call money games, where they play the powerhouse schools, and the powerhouse schools call it tune-up games, where, like, uh, Jackson State would play somebody like Ole Miss or FAMU would play Florida State or Central Florida and get beat a 1,000 to nothing. And Dion said, all money and good money. He said, you know, that destroys the morale of the team. Like, you go out there, like, the, we're already, he was like, we're already beat before we get out there. So, I, I, you think he, you think he has a, has a good point? He, he pointed out, for example, how uh, the SEC schools spend, you know, two, three, four, five, six million dollars on recruiting, where Jackson State's recruiting budget, where he coaches, is $15,000. Fifteen thousand, and you plan going up against a school that has a two million dollar recruiting budget. You can for fifteen thousand dollars, you can probably get a two thousand twelve Honda Accord. Uh, <laughs> <views>. <laughs> that two thousand twelve, <laughs> and then these other teams have millions of dollars to just but, throw away. Yes, and then I mean, I get what he's saying. But then I've had the unfortunate of actually watching my team lose one of these tune-up games. Lucky enough, it was to my brother when Georgia Southern beat Florida. So I do, I do understand not wanting that. The money games are typically embarrassing losses, like big mm-hmm. losses. You're going to get probably mm-hmm. 50. I can understand how you might not want that. Yeah, I would rather not. Like, if if you don't, then you don't have this really embarrassing loss on your record, which kind of shows that you there's a clear difference between your football, even if you go undefeated for the rest of the season, and then and everybody else. Yep. The thing about it is, I see why you don't want it, but I see why it's necessary because so many, uh, especially, and we're talking about HBCUs. So I'm going to focus on HBCUs. I'm not talking about the smaller PWIs. HBCU's athletic budgets normally come from these money games. They get paid millions of dollars. And I won't say millions, a million dollars normally. They normally get paid a million dollars, 1.5 or something like that to come play. And that makes up 95% of the athletic budget for that year. So the only way that you can counteract that is to have participation. You got to have fan participation. You got to go to the games. Even if, let's say you went to Hampton, but you live like I live in Atlanta, you live in Texas. Got to you, you, you champion it a lot. You yeah. got to go to PV. You yeah. got to go to Texas Southern. You got to, you yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, whatever your HBCU is. Number one, I couldn't. I've never lived anywhere where I wasn't present. Where there, where the HBCU was, whether it was in Atlanta with Morehouse and Clark. Or when I was living in Augusta, it was Payne College. I was just talking about that this weekend. I was like, I was like a Payne kid. Like you'd have thought I w- did he go here at one point? Nah. <laughs> this, I just like the HBCU culture. And then yeah, same thing here with Texas Southern and Prairie View. Like 
wherever you are, you should be trying to support not only just your HBCU, but the HBCU that's closest to you. Yeah. Like I grew up, uh, you and I both grew up immersed in HBCU culture because we're second, third generation, third, fourth generation HBCU graduates. Like I grew up, my dad went to Southern University. My grandmother, his mother, went to South Carolina State. And she taught at Benedict. So, and she taught at South Carolina State. So for us, and then my school in, in high school uh, was a feeder to North Carolina A&T and family. So for us, for me, there was nothing other than HBCU was never, support was never something that I thought that was just standard to support yeah. HBCU in your region. It was just standard. That's something you do. Regular black people stuff to me. Yeah, like, oh, we're going to go to this Morehouse Clark game. We're going to go to this, you know, Clark Fort Valley game. We're going to go to this, and we were, out, we were younger. We're going to go to this Morris Brown Clark game. Like, that's what you do. I never understood how much of the time I actually spent going to HBCU stuff until I got much older. I was like, wow, we did go tailgate at all these games all the time. There's a, like, there's a CSRA classic they have every year. We will go into that. And mm-hmm. in hindsight, I was like, oh, I get it. And and I get why my parents wanted to go. Yeah, we can drink and hang out with your friends. But also, yeah, you can support the culture. But yeah, I didn't think about it until I was like, I'm now an adult. I'm like, I did. They were, they were molding me the whole time. Yep. So uh, if you don't, I agree with Dion. I agree with him. If you don't like money games and you don't want to get beat by 50, 60, 70 teams, you got to get some money. You got to get support from the community. You got to get support. And I challenge, I challenge the, uh, and I challenge the administration to uh, raise some more funds for the athletic departments, you got to do it. Well, keeping it moving, keeping it moving. We have one more uh, HBCU topic we're going to talk about. Alcorn State, man. Uh, Alcorn State has won the Southwestern Athletic Conference crown the last two or three years. I think, aside from the COVID year for last year, because they actually uh, opted out. They didn't play, but the last 2019 and 18 they won the SWAC championship. And I want to say 2017, they were in the SWAC championship game. Um, they actually had to cancel a game last week because as we talk about support and money, they don't, they actually contract out their athletic training services. So they have a, they have a service that comes and sends the athletic tra- athletic trainers to their practice and to their games to make sure that they're okay and be compliance with the NCAA rules because you can't play without athletic trainers. Well, even if they all- use rubber cement, <laughs> <laughs> that is a callback from one of our very first episodes. Yeah, yeah, boy, they said they use a rubber cement. <laughs> it's not fun. All right, get it together. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Alcorn State, all of their athletic trainers caught COVID or had contact tracing, every single one. So as a result, per the rules of the NCAA, you cannot play a game without your athletic trainers for safety purposes. They had to forfeit a game. That's crazy. Yes, that's nuts. I will give y'all a little bit of update because we are recording on Sunday. They did actually play a very good game against South Alabama. Um, especially after having the week that they had, 
they pushed out Alabama. They ended up only losing by seven points. Yeah. Um, but it was it was an excellent game. They played tough. And that's all you can really ask for, man, especially after having that type of week where you don't have any athletic trainers. A lot of teams, I could understand how they just want to phone it in. All right, well, we'll just do this next season. We already had the fourth of the game. We got enough issues. But they came back and played. And you got to respect the team that will be resilient in those type of times. And the thing about it is while we say that, that we need more support, you still need all that money. You still need all those ticket sales. You still need that. You still need all the, you need all that money for your, so they lost a lot by losing one game. I mean, and I do want to highlight this as before we, you know, end uh, part one of episode 24 of the Splashcast. Every, we talk about HBCUs and money and support. And yes, the PWIs do have more money, but they check the check just like we are. You see what happened when oh. they were about to, you see what happened when they canceled COVID? Check to check. Now, that is something I, we're not going to stay here and how the issues we have with capitalism. But it is funny how people would tell you to be responsible with your money. But as soon as as soon as the you know, as soon as we go on lockdown and suddenly everybody else needs a bailout, everybody else living check to check, just like every, like just like the world. All these big companies check to check mortgage check industry, to check, check to check banking, check to check car uh, car makers, check to Check. Restaurants. They, check the check. And they be quick to tell you, no, you need to save your money. You need to invest. You wrong. Y'all, yeah. have way, y'all have way more capital than me. And yet y'all still in the same unemployment line as myself. Man. You know, it is. Well, I'm not in unemployment, but you know what I mean. Uh, well, Norwood, if I don't, if you don't have anything else, man, we've come to the end of part one of episode 24 of the Splash Cast. We've covered the Braves. Seems like the juju's going away. Hopefully, we get it back. Whoa, the, whoa, whoa, whoa. the ju- juju is back right now. We are up three we're zero. Up two. Yeah, we up. I I wasn't gonna say nothing because I don't want to mess up the juju. But the uh, the Falcons, we were wrong, and still it's F Tom Brady. Uh, the Hawks added more depth, still doing all the right things, and and Dion is the high tide raising all the ships in HBCU sports, especially in HBCU football. You got anything else? Did we miss anything, Norwood? We ain't missed nothing, but next week, ladies and gents, please check in because there will be Hampton Howard talk. And just prepare. If I apologize last week, some people are going to have to pay what they owe next week. Yeah, we're not going to talk too much about Hampton Howard. They did play yesterday, but, you know, we normally cover it the week after. And we want to dedicate enough time to address uh, Ms. Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris. And we want to address all of the Howard people that were in my dms talking all the trash like they've been good all right ladies and gentlemen well if you don't have anything else norwood and i don't take us out ladies and gentlemen you could have been anywhere else in the world you came and kicked with me and reggie number one more black baseball number two more black cowgirls and cowboys hey uh outside of that still remember to pay deandre hunter he's in peace to our secondary for y'all who don't know that's thoughts and prayers uh, outside of that, <laughs> thank you guys for kicking it with us. Of course, if if you listen to this now, this means that tomorrow there will be a new Splashcast 12-pack for your head top, and that means Thursday we're coming right back with the Around the League episode. So we're trying to keep your week filled. Thank you guys for supporting us. We out of here. We out of here. Peace. And always hang out. Hang out.